0: Hey, can you hear me? Good, how are you doing?
1: Man, I can't, complain. I can't complain. It's going to be a beautiful day down here on the Gulf
0: Coast, so uh, we're ready, ready to rock and roll here. <laughs> cool. Great to hear. How's Utah? Oh, it's it's great. Weather's... I mean, we've had a really mild summer. Yesterday, the high was like 80 degrees. I could oh, live with this, so...
1: Yeah, so... Um, just to show you the difference between the weather here and there. So it was 87 here yesterday, but it felt like 95 with like 90% humidity. Oh man. So I walked outside for like five minutes yesterday. Um, while I was at work, came back just drenched in sweat. I actually thought about contemplating coming home, taking a shower and going back. But I was like, there's no reason there's no, there's no, uh, reason for that. But anyway, um, humidity, man, I love, I actually love it. Um, I'd much rather be... I, I kind of have convinced myself you've got to be either extremely cold in the winter or extremely hot in the summer. There's no real in-between unless you want to move to California and that's a little far for me. Not so, yeah. not so far for you. Uh, plus, I got some things going on out there that I, I just... Politically and government-wise, it just doesn't make sense to me. So For sure. For me. <laughs> but uh, I guess there's no happy medium is what i'm trying to get at so uh i would rather
0: choose hot i don't know take hot over yeah i totally i understand that i kind of i like utah because it had we really have four seasons i mean okay when when it snows here i mean we get feet of snow and then oh wow in the summer we usually get you know 100 degrees and then we have a really nice well we usually have a really nice fall and then our spring is you know, every other day is winter and every other day is summer. Yeah. But it really just breaks up the monotony for me.
1: Yeah. We have maybe two seasons. We have summer and not so hot summer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh,
0: the not so hot summer is probably great though. Right.
1: Oh, it's it's amazing from October, from October to March. Now I, I would say that, uh, exaggerating a little bit, but from, um, February is probably our coldest, and we we have our thirty degree days, right? Yeah. And uh, but from October to May, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the best part is the tourists are not as much. You know, there's not as many around. tourists around. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, For sure. But uh, anyway, man, enough about the weather. What's going on with you?
0: Um, I mean, a lot. Honestly, I apologize. I had a reschedule. I don't know if you saw the note. I left yet.
1: I did. Um, did, yeah. Thank you for that.
0: That that last one, that last day, I thought I could make it work, but uh, I was at tr- at a training, and unfortunately, I'm not on my own time, and they decide what I do with my time. Oh, so man. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to reschedule, But anyhow, this, this worked out great. But uh, yeah, it's busy. So I just got back from from Texas on on Sunday, um, and then got the holidays coming up, and working on doing a 1031 exchange. If you remember from our last conversation on that rental I have. Yep.
1: Uh and then and like a hundred thousand, I think you said.
0: Yeah. The player. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what we're looking at right now. So I got I think I want to say it was maybe last last week, about ten days maybe that my rental went on the market, the one I'm selling. Yeah. Um and hasn't haven't gotten any offers or anything on it yet. The the renters actually just moved out yesterday. So I'm hoping that's gonna help people show easier and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm working on that duplex. I'm refinishing the basement, hoping to have have that listed here, um, the basement apartment of the duplex. Hoping to have that listed here in the next couple of weeks, so I can have renters in it by August first.
1: So nice.
0: it's been busy.
1: I'm <laughs> so, going on, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the property you're listing to sell uh, is it's a duplex or a single family? It's, it's a single family, right? Because yeah. you have the duplex. So let me recap. Um, your high school teacher, right? Your, our high school or middle school?
0: Middle school, yeah.
1: Middle school, ninth grade. Yeah. See, and where I went to school, in ninth grade was high school. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe.
0: it's it's different here. We-
1: There's a joke there that I'm not going to go into, but <laughs> 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 anyway. Uh, all right, so middle school teacher, uh, you've got three units, the duplex you were just talking about. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and then the single family home that you're putting up for sale that you're hoping you're going to ten thirty one exchange into something else. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, that's that's the goal. All right, and you're based in Utah, and your wife is completely on board, uh, and you're a humongous fan of Grant Cardone. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, your wife's on board though.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was the, the no part was toward grant, right so yeah uh, no she she's on board I don't know um yeah she's on board good good it, it, she, it, it took some persuasion, her, right yeah, we did well, we actually kind of did we did a live and flip for our first house, and okay. then um when we bought the rental, we actually lived in that rental for i think a year, you know, and then we moved out of We didn't flip that or re- remodel it or anything, yeah, um uh, we just lived in it for a year and then moved moved. So, so,
1: so talk to me about the single family home. You guys just, you've had it on the market for 10 days. Um, you haven't had any offers yet. Have you had any showings?
0: Um, I want to say, I talked to the realtor yesterday and he said maybe four, four or five showings. Um, and so he felt like we should leave it on the market for this week. And at the end of this week, we're going to take a look at, um, changing something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If we change, if we lower the price or if we need to make adjustments to the property, you know, go and paint it or, you know, whatever needs to be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, Go ahead. Sorry.
0: We're, we're being really aggressive with the pricing. Um, I find, uh, he's pretty, my, the realtor I'm using is pretty convinced that we'll be able to get what we're we're asking 200,000 on it. Um, I found that to be a little bit high without making a lot of improve improvements or, or just even cleaning it up. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's convinced. So, I mean, we'll see if he can, if he can get it done for this, I'll be super happy with him. Have you
1: used the, that realtor before?
0: So I, I actually haven't. The reason I'm using him this time is cause he, he works in the office of my property management company. Okay. Uh, and, and you know how it is with that. They're like, Oh, we well, tell you what, we won't charge you for this fee or that fee. And we'll only yeah. charge you 1%, you know, on the realtor end uh, if you use us to manage it, that kind of thing. So yeah. I'm trying it out.
1: Yeah. Give it a shot. See what happens. Did they, uh, did he make you a lot of folks? will. it may be part of your lease agreement with a property management company, excuse me, or, uh, you know, if they sell it while renters in there, then they'll get, you know, a portion of that. But as far as listing it, did you sign a contract with him? And if so, how many months
0: does he have it as the listing agent? Yeah. So I actually didn't sign one. Oh, okay. Um, Good. <laughs> not, not that I'm worried about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I, I didn't really want to be tied up with it, yeah. especially because it's not like that. Um, I don't not trust him, but I really, I, I just don't know him very well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, you know? I think it's fair. You know, I mean, I, I was signed one um, now with the realtor that I've used, but I've used them for four or five years. We've done yeah. a dozen, a dozen plus deals together. So it's like, you know, he's gonna be my guy. So it's yeah. if it makes him and his broker feel better, I am good with it. But you know, I think the first one, I'm like you, I didn't I didn't do that because I didn't want to be tied into to anything if I can remember back that far. That was, <laughs> yeah. That was
0: uh five years and three kids ago. So <laughs> a lot of changed since then. A lot has changed. So uh, how did you how did you find him? I mean, what what brought you to him?
1: Um Honestly, I think this is going to sound funny. Um, I found a foreclosed property on Zillow. Oh yeah, filled out their form, and I think this is how I got to him. I, I don't remember. I'll have to ask him how we met. But it was yeah. it, it was a property that that brought us together. Uh, but he was um, somehow I found the foreclosed property. He worked with me on it. He was very transparent. You know, helped me out to to grab it knew the area extremely well Um, that transaction went through and everything went as he said, Hey, this is gonna, here's, here's what you got to do. Here's what you, you know, here's what you can rent it for. Uh And he kind of led me down this path and certainly built my trust that there was something um, my wife and I were talking about last night, uh, not last night, but last week about, trying to figure out how much money he's made off of us <laughs> in the last <laughs> four or five years. And, uh, while it's probably not enough just to dealing with us, I was like, well, that's, that's a good chunk of change. Um, but now he's, he's definitely earned it. And, and, but it was that very first transaction. Uh, I got extremely lucky, you know, and just, yeah, filled out, I think it was, I, I want to say it was, look, I was looking on Zillow. I filled out the form and for some reason he was the person that contacted me. Right, that's funny. You know how they do that little pool. Yeah. thing. But, um. As much as I crack on Zillow, if that's the way we met, I, th- I think that's um about the best thing that's ever come out of that. Right. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he, he um he's worked with us quite a bit. He's earned every penny for sure.
0: <laughs> does, does especially a- on right. Oh yeah, no. Especially does he have a background in real estate investing? I mean, does he invest? or what what's your criteria
1: um, so I, for him, I don't necessarily have a criteria now um you know, when I first started out, I tried to find somebody who did, and he i don't I don't remember this is bad I know him I've known him this long um, I don't know that he has any rental properties, but I know his broker does okay the guy that he works with um and it, you know. Those two guys together, they do really well when it comes to that. They've they've hmm. got a lot of um, good contacts, a lot of folks in that particular area of Pensacola. They do extremely well.
0: So, okay,
1: yeah, it was, and it, you know, now I, I don't necessarily uh, have a like I don't interview realtors to in different markets. Like I typically find a property. Uh, and this is, and I'm not saying this is what you should do, because <laughs> uh, it can be frustrating, right? I mean, I had a conversation with a uh, realtor yesterday about um, why I needed certified actual financials on a 12-unit apartment complex, and
0: um, and they weren't sure that you needed it, or or yeah. What?
1: Well, it, 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 you know, and, and I think to her, it, no, this is uh, middle America, USA, you know, real, there might be one or two red lights in, in the city, right? Oh, really? Yeah. So it's it's very much a mom and pop uh, operated property. And, you know, when I asked for financials the first time, they gave me this handwritten
0: on a uh, napkin or something.
1: Well, it wasn't on a napkin. It was actually on like a ledger. Oh, okay. Right. So there there was, and it was, you know, reminded me, so my grandparents were very much old school, right? Handwritten, yeah. everything. And it reminded me of one of those ledgers. Like when my grandmother, she had the big checkbook, right? When you open it up, it's like the bifold yeah. thing. And she would make notes after notes after notes on the checks that she wrote. And it just reminded me of that, of seeing, you know, I mean, there was, there was no like real, um, financial or electronic records. Yeah. Thought, okay. Well that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm assuming because these guys who own it and I say mom and pop, but they have, I mean, they've got something like 70 doors, right? Not awesome. all the property, yeah. but I'm like, okay, they've, they've got enough going on. Surely they have a CPA who has divided this out and they've done the schedule E or schedule C or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, uh, so, I asked for that, and they're like, Well, we don't necessarily do it that way mm. I said, okay, I say, so you have no way to show me like a bank statement or anything that can verify these financials that no, because all of our stuff goes into one account, and we 're not going to show you all that stuff it's just oh wow, I was like, okay well i don't know i don't know what to do now <laughs> you know yeah. so i actually- I actually posted. Uh, This is where, because the think- on, paper, on paper, this property looks really great. Okay, you know? and that's where I and I, I didn't lowball him, but he had a price that was here. I offered him down here, and I wouldn't say we met in the middle. I mean, he came a lot closer to me. I, I, he had it listed for three eighty five. I ran the numbers, offered him two ninety four, and he responded three hundred. Wow! But there's no fine. I mean, you know, so on paper, and I think my target price was like three thirty, three thirty-five. So on paper, it makes sense, but I don't have any way of verifying. Yeah, the know, financials. financials telling mm-hmm. me. And, and so I posted this in the Facebook group last night. I was like, how far do you trust financial, you know, uh, what, was, what was the phrasing I used? Non verified. Financial information, and they're like, yeah. well, you know, the majority of the folks said, as far as I can throw
0: them, yeah, you know, it's, and it's and easy that, to say that, though, you know, but when you have a deal in front of you, it's like, no. but
1: that's why I posted it in the group because if not, I I was teetering on the edge of okay, maybe I'm missing something, maybe I'm being a stickler here, May you know, maybe I'm being a little bit too conservative on this, uh, but I'll have to say, being that conservative, making sure there's verifiable, you know, income statements, expense statements uh, has gotten me to where I am. Right. And yeah. I don't want to, I'm like you, I'm actually under 1031 exchange clock as well. Yeah. Um, I've got less than two weeks to identify, have zero properties that I've found. Now it could be that I'm not really looking because sure. there's, there's something to that. But I found this when I got really excited about it, started getting emotional about the deal, right? And not relying on the fundamentals. So I posted to the group and and they, they set me straight, right? They said, Hey, as far as I can trust, uh, you know, as far as I can throw them this is what I'm going to trust yeah. with those numbers. So I, I'm glad that happened. Um, and I'm glad the group's there because otherwise I would probably be going through due diligence right now and just, you know, are starting yeah. it today. And, and I just, I can't do that. I, I got to stick to the fun, got to dance with the one that brought me right. And yeah, uh, no, I think that's cool. Uh, but anyway, I'm talking too much. What else is on your mind?
0: <laughs> no, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, I've, I, obviously I, we're not under contract yet on, on that rental we're selling, but I've been looking at, at properties as well. Um, I'm trying to make, you know, I kind of, I kind of got a list of maybe five, five, six properties that um, I feel like fit my criteria, and really, my criteria mostly for me is cash flow because I think appreciation in the market right now is is about dead. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to find <laughs> something that's going to cash flow for me and that I can ride out through the next, um, you know, drawback in the economy.
1: Yeah. Um, Smart. So- I, I agree with everything you
0: just said, and I'm looking for the same thing, right? Um, so what's your? I guess um, my my criteria for cash flow. I'm trying to get as close to um, you know 20% um, cash on cash as I can. So if I put you know $100,000 down, I want you know maybe $1,700 a month hitting my bank account. 17, 18. Obviously, the higher the better. But it's going to be a challenge even to get to that, at least where I'm at. So what what are you looking for? Or what's your parameters?
1: I analyze for 15% cash on cash return.
0: Oh, so I'm not even that far off. I'm a little high, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, it depends, right? So it depends on what asset class you want to go to. Can you get 20% in a class D property, cash on cash return? Absolutely can. Yeah. I I, def, I don't necessarily... I've been there. I've got a couple that I'm trying to sell uh, that are in class. Well, I don't know if they're class D because I actually go... Like, I go there, right? So, the thing about class D is you ask yourself, would you drive there at night? Yeah. These properties, I would. Now, I would still... Uh, I would bring my friend Ruger along, you know, but yeah. I do that anyway. So, um, you, you know, you can definitely get that. It's just... Class D properties are usually the ones that are going to provide that for you. And yeah. not for me, right? I've got some real C-minus properties that um, that were great for me to start with. But now, as I'm starting to build up my portfolio, there's different things that I want to do. One of the things is I want to be able to drive by the property and say, Hey, I own that. You know, yeah. Somebody. And this is not one of those properties that I would do that with. You know, it was great to start. It still cash flows, uh, amazingly. And I say amazingly because, uh, it's one that I've man- So it's the only property I manage myself. Right. Hmm. Uh, which I don't have a lot of time with it and I haven't been focused on it. Yeah. It's been empty for half the year and it's still cash flowed. <laughs> wow. So, um, and it's been empty because of the renter situation, whatever it, me trying to get, but I've turned them over to our property manager now to help clean some things up. And now that's done. I'm putting it on the market to, to sell it. I just, I don't don't want to be in that space anymore. (laughs) And that was just five years ago, right? Or four years ago. I think we've, we've had the property for three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. On your, on your um, I don't think you're too far off. I think you can find something 20% as
0: long as you're okay with that asset class. Right that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that yet. So I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah. I've, I've kind of noticed it's a sliding scale, right? So where your cap rate is going to shrink or not cap rate, your cash on cash return is going to shrink. You're going to get a better asset class. So it's true. uh, And then also, you know, cash on cash return is also affected by um, how much money you put down initially. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, which, I try to do the minimum because minimum, I want to yeah. get as many doors as possible. Um, so I try to do the 20% minimum, which comes into account as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it can cash on cash can obviously be altered a little bit.
0: Well, definitely.
1: The other thing that weighs into that, if you come with a bigger down payment, right, then your cash flow is going to increase.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That's, that's true. So when, with us, we have we used to have a tripod of what I what do i call it adopted tripod of investing criteria right <laughs> so it was a analyze a 15% cash on cash return a minimum of 100 dollars of cash flow per door uh after all expenses right your hard cost yeah. and your variable costs and, and by variable i mean your um vacancy capex and maintenance maintenance and repairs <clears throat> and then, uh, the third criteria was we had to get it at a 20% below market, you know, retail disc discount. Hmm. The third leg of that, that 20% below the market has been really hard to find <laughs> for the yeah, last couple of years. For sure. So we've kind of abandoned that a little bit and, and really focused on the cash on cash and the cash flow. That's what we've been doing. But yeah, there's, there's some opportunities out there right now that, um, and I'm going to contradict myself here a little bit, but I said dance with the one that brought me, right? Yeah. But there are some opportunities like with um, th- one of the reasons I'm not so uh, gung-ho about um, trying to identify and do something with a 1031 is after that 45-day 45, 45 day mark, I can get my money back, right? Yeah. And, um, I've been talking to some folks about actually being a hard money lender, maybe on some of their flips because I haven't flipped anything before, like on my own, because, uh, my assumption is that is a job and I just started a new job. There's a lot of reasons why I haven't done it in the past and they keep coming up. I think I'm just scared of the work, right? But now that I've got some cash to play with, maybe I can be the money guy. Right. So I've been talking to some folks and maybe doing that. And so I want to try that with things that we're seeing in the local market. Again, it keeps me local and it's not so much about staying local, but it's the market that I know. Right.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: I'm not trying to go out and brand new market and, and partner with somebody I don't know and do some flips. Yeah. I'm going to do that. But what I will do is somebody who's been very successful in our market. Uh, who's part that I know, Uh, extremely well, right? Or I feel like I do. I would, I feel like I'm eliminating some of my risk by partnering with somebody like that, right? So there's some, there's something that I'm playing with there. That's enticing for me, right? To not force the hand of using that 1031 money to um, buy a property that's based off of handwritten, uncertified financials and it just blowing up in my, in a market that I don't know and it blowing up in my face. So I'm trying to, it's not as risky, I guess, in my, my book. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I mean, if you're not experienced in doing flips, but you can lend money to people who are, yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of the risk out of it for you. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good thing. That strategy to try out.
1: Yeah. And we, we had, I had a discussion the other night in the mastermind group. One of the, one of the guys um, has had success in uh, tax deed and tax, not tax deed, tax um, liens. Tax liens. Thank you. uh, Tax lien auctions. And I was like, you know, maybe that's a little bit more passive. I mean, right. I mean, you buy the tax lien on it. You get paid in Florida. I think it's like 18% on your money. I think. Uh huh. So, you know, why rush try to get another door when the when we can't hit our criteria certifiably, right?
0: No, I so agree.
1: That's what we're trying to change strategies up a little bit. So the only thing I don't like about that, um, and maybe you're this way too, I don't know, but it seems like when we had, you know, and so Grant talks about staying broke. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's, I'm totally getting what he, what he says by this, but um, there are times when we get money, if we don't go and spend it on the next investment, we'll have an excuse on why we need to use it for whatever. Right. Now, primarily it's been improvements to the house that we're living in now. Right. Mm -hmm. I can justify that a lot easier than saying, okay, let's go buy a new car. Sure. Whatever. Uh, although we could use one right now with, uh, <laughs> with the edition, the third edition, but, um, you know, that's the only thing I've got to be that I'm cautious of right now is making sure that we use that money for investing purposes.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't slip out of your hands. It doesn't
1: slip. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I struggle with that just a little bit, you know, sometimes, um, my wife was uh, mentioned the other night because currently I don't have a grill, right? So if you buy anything that you go outside, you put outside like a grill.
0: Yeah. Florida
1: in two years, it's going to be rusted out. You got to replace it.
0: Yeah. That humidity, right? <laughs> well, the
1: humidity, the salt air. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, it's not a good combination for um, non-corrosive metal. But yeah. the thing is, um, you know, we just sold that duplex. We walked away with like ninety-three thousand something. Yeah. And uh I told my wife, I said, I think I'm gonna go buy that grill. Said, yeah. <laughs> she goes, and and uh to celebrate. That'll be my present to myself. It was like four hundred dollars or whatever. But I can't do it. I can't go spend that money knowing that in two years I'm gonna have to replace it all and we don't, you know, I'm just like, ah, I, I, I gotta figure that out. But anyway, so I don't I, I don't necessarily reward myself as much as I should uh but at times we we do spend that money on non-investing activities which bothers me a little bit. <laughs>
0: so. Oh well it's like if it's there it's like impossible not to. So I'm reading this book right now I don't know if you've ever read it it's called Millionaire Next Door. Have you ever yep. heard of that? Yep. And uh I, I mean book. it's not oh I mean, I I like it, but it makes me uncomfortable because I feel like everything I'm doing in my life is wrong because it's like, oh, (laughs) you know, millionaires drive like a 20 year old car and do this and that. And I'm like, holy cow, everything I'm doing, I got to rethink, you know, especially as it relates to being frugal and efficient with your money, you know, your capital. Um, that's That's what that made me think of, though, you know, you have the money to invest and if it leaks out somewhere else, you're not making any more money on it, you know?
1: That's it. How do you, how do you protect it from the leaks? That's uh yeah.
0: Is that the book
1: um, that goes into, how does it phrase? It talks about um, your net worth. Uh, oh man. What is the, what is the phrase I'm looking for?
0: I think, are you looking for like, um, he calls it under accumulators of wealth and. There you go. You're reading my
1: mind. That's scary. Yeah. 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 Um, under accumulators. And then, so what were there like two or three more levels?
0: Well, well it's under accumulator. And um, I, I want to say it's, it's not over accumulator, but it's uh, like a, above average. And they give that for the formula. formula. And it's like, that,
1: that was the biggest thing I was trying to get to. Yeah. is the formula. Yeah.
0: And it's like, I want to say 10% of your age um, times your salary. So like I'm twenty twenty five, so like two and a half times my salary gives you that target line. Whether you're over or under, yeah, of your net worth, right? And that's what your net yeah. worth should be. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. That that is a very uh, interesting and eye opening um, formula for most folks.
0: Yeah, yeah. well it, it's kind of it's not the kind of book like you go to a seminar and they're like, yeah, let's all do real estate investing. You know, buy my book kind of thing. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a dry economical look at being a millionaire which um it's interesting it's different than a lot of investing books in that sense it is dry
1: uh because it gets it's pretty technical right as far as is is um the the formula you talk about and there's some other things in there and i'll make a link to the um to the book um but there's i'm trying to think it's been a while. This, so it's been a couple of years since I read that one, which so it makes me think I need to revisit it. Oh, yeah. And,
0: it, and <laughs> you'll take your grill back to the store. After yeah. You-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've gone to as far as I like hamburgers, right? It's a good source of protein, but my wife doesn't eat them. So I'm like, okay, uh-huh. well, I'm not going to buy a grill just for myself. So I've learned, I've got a pretty good recipe where I can bake them in the oven. Oh really? I t- yeah, and I uh, well, I, I told my coworker this the other day, and he made a similar uh, comment like that. He was like, "Jay, go buy a grill, go go spend yeah. 60, uh, sixty bucks and get a cheap one." I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do it because I know. I mean, you know, it's uh I don't know. It's pathetic.
0: But hey, well, <laughs> next, next time you have a barbecue and you're like, "Hey guys, hold on, I gotta go, I gotta go get the burgers out of the oven." I yeah, you had the grill. <laughs> yeah
1: that that uh you're right you're right uh, what do you call it then if it's if you're not having a barbecue what do you call it hey come over we're just gonna have dinner i'm just gonna cook
0: i don't know i call it a lie have hot dogs and hamburgers <laughs> yeah yeah
1: almost pick coffee everywhere thanks for that <laughs> yeah what else you got
0: going on right um well, mostly. So, so going back to that 1031 exchange, there's a really interesting property I actually wanted to ask you about. Um, there's this historical building. It's a duplex actually. Um, yeah. Really interesting. It, it's in a part of our city here in Ogden, Utah. It's kind of being revitalized. A lot of investment on the behalf of the cities going into this area. It's close to downtown, you know, where nightlife is happening and stuff. Um, so I think it's in a good area. Um, yeah. But it, it sits on the land it sits on is zoned for an eight mm. if you tear the duplex down. Yeah. So um, I thought that was interesting because potentially, you know, I could buy the property, sit on the duplex for, you know, I don't know how long, and then maybe down, down the road some point, tear it down and build an eight plex. Or there's a possibility of of maybe getting um, permission from the city to build another duplex behind it or another multifamily housing.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it's kind of expensive, you yeah. know, to buy that lot just with the intention of tearing a building down and rebuilding one. Um, but I, I was, yeah, I mean, that could be a game changer for me, you know, early on in, in my investing career, you know? So I thought it was an interesting lot. What do you think about that?
1: Um, there are, so a couple of things you said it was a historical
0: duplex is, are you meaning it has been classified as that, or it's just a really old, no, it's just a really old matches matches. Um, I want to say it's like maybe 150 years old. Well, maybe a little bit less than that. So, okay. So there's
1: no like historic society in that city that says, Hey, this is a historical building. Uh, John Smith stayed here one night back in. Yeah. And there's got to, you know, we can't tear the house down, right? There's nothing
0: against that or. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, there's, there's not, but if I were to be serious about the property, that's something I'd have to look at.
1: Definitely check that out. Cause even, you know, I haven't dealt with, I've, I've kind of stayed away from historical landmark buildings. Um, Not landmark, but just historical buildings because you know, some of them you even have to get approval by the city's architectural review board to, to change paint, anything, yeah. right? To change anything. Um, but if it's just an old duplex, you know, th- that is something to consider. Uh, there are people who do that now, right? Um, everywhere I've been, there's people that that they'll buy a property. Uh, there's parts of Birmingham that we lived in. Now, this was even 10 years ago, and I'm sure it's still going on now. Yeah. Is that they would go in, they would pay... Uh, you know, best neighborhood in Birmingham, but it had a house completely fine, three bedroom, two bath, single family home on it. And uh, built in the 1950s, mm-hmm. and they would plow it to the ground and build, you know, and it was probably something around 1500 square feet, you know, cause houses were a little smaller back then. Yeah. And then they would turn around and so they would buy that for like two, 300,000 to tear it down. And wow. they would build on top of that and they would build these million dollar homes. Right. So um that is an aggressive style of flipping, right? Yeah, to say the uh, least. To yeah. say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so there are people who do it. Um I, I don't know, I haven't done that, you know. Yeah. But if I were to look into it, I would say, okay, let's look at my building cost. Um, how much can I build that aplex? for per square foot. Right. Yeah. And then see, okay, well if I can build it for that and then goes through the, all the formulas, right. That's your, yeah. your, your all in cost. Uh, and are you going to be able to get that 1% rule? You know, or whatever uh-huh. it's got to do to hit your cash on cash return and your, cash yeah. On. And see if it works. Right. Because then if you can buy it and you can hold on to the duplex and make it happen, I'm assuming people live in it now. Right. And, let them pay the mortgage down for a few years. Yeah. If the market still keeps going up, then you have an option to say, "Okay, I want to cash out, refinance, work with the bank to to provide you the loan for that with no money out of pocket." Right. And I'm using their yeah. Or if the market tanks and it still cash flows the way it is now, then you just you know you have a different exit strategy, which is hold on to it, let it yeah. do its thing. Right. So. I like it. I think it's intriguing. I, I like properties who, um, I like properties that provide you more than one exit strategy. Which yeah. Is, you know, which a lot of folks talk about investing criteria, but they never talk about their exit criteria. Right. And, and, um, I know when I first started, um, and this is, uh, I got to wrap up here cause I got to get going, but yeah, you're good. And I apologize for talking so much today. <laughs> so, no, no problem. Um, But, you know, a lot of folks don't look at, okay, I'm going to, here's my plan, right? What if my plan fails? What's my backup strategy? What's my backup exit strategy? So uh, that's when I started looking at properties that have multiple things you can do with it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You've said three so far, right? Keep it the way it is, never do anything to it. Zoning right now is for eight units where you can actually uh, tear down and rebuild, brand, brand new or add another duplex or maybe a quad on the same property. Yeah. And so then, so then you have six units instead of, instead of eight, but, uh, I love it when properties have different exit strategies, but it's all about the numbers, right? Yeah. For me now, um, I've got some, uh, a lady in our mastermind group that she, um, she's not really worried about the money. She does stuff that just as long as it's cool. Hmm. Right. And now I say that tongue in cheek, she does things to her style, but when it comes down to it, she's been extremely um, beneficial and that she finds somebody. It may take her a little bit longer time, but it, she'll find somebody where that property works for them. Right, yeah. She doesn't necessarily go at it uh, to squeeze every, and she'll tell you this. She goes, "I get emotional about properties. It's my style. I want to do it. It's not always the best investment decisions, but I have fun doing it." I was like, "Okay, that's if that's if you're okay with that, yeah, uh, we're okay with that." <laughs> um, but I like it, man. I, I, you know, I, um, if what what are your what's your thoughts on it?
0: Um, well, I, I like just the upside. I mean, obviously, you know, taking a, I think it's listed right now for $240,000. Um, but taking a $240,000 property and potentially turning it into, you know, a, a million dollar property is exciting to say the least. Um, going back to what we were talking about earlier though, it, it really is outside of what I've done to this point. Yeah. Um, which is why, you know, if I were to just keep renters in the duplex, you know, and maybe wait until I was ready to do something like that. You know, that, that could be an option too. Um, but finding out, finding out building costs, I, I, I find that to be a challenge, you know, like some point you have to have plans to get plans. You got to pay money. Uh, yeah. then you got to take those plans, you know, to either general or to, you know, a whole bunch of people to find out what your costs are even going to be. And then if we don't even build for three or four years, those costs could be, off anyway, you know what I mean. So yeah. that, that kind of my only, con- well, my biggest concern is, is that it's just outside of what I've done to this point. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. But but I think it's an option. You know, it, it's there. It's available. Yeah. um I think it's sexy. That's the kind of thing like yeah. the yeah. yeah, they HGTV shows about. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, those can get you in trouble too. By the way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, you know, so I, I like that you're expo- exploring. I know I made that comment earlier about dance with the one that brought you, but um, if you're not, you know, reaching out and up, then you'll never grow as an investor, right? So you've got to take some risk. Um, if you think about when did you start investing?
0: Um, Well, I mean, we kind of started with our first house like you four would've. years ago. Yeah. Okay.
1: So if you would have never... Taking that step to do your, I mean, if you would have looked at that in flip and said, "I've just never done it before," yeah, okay, then you never, you wouldn't be where you are today, right? So the the key there is knowing your um, risk. Uh, what's the word? Awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Or you you know, knowing knowing where you can say, okay, that's an acceptable risk for me. A risk tolerance was the phrase I was trying to come up with. Uh, I've I've either got to start getting up earlier or start drinking more coffee. But before we have these, because (laughs) I tend to stop, and it's not just with you. It's like with everybody. I'm like, okay, what the, anyway, um, maybe I'll, I'll start making my coffee with Red Bull and we'll, uh, then I really won't shut up. Right. (laughs) Um, but you know, you've got, you've got to know your risk tolerance, uh, what you're, you know, I heard something the other day is don't ever go into a deal where you're not ready to lose the money that you put into it. I yeah, like, oh, that's, that's tough. You know, but uh, you know, I think if, if you're seriously interested in the older duplex, um, I would, I would think the next logical step for you <clears throat> is to start talking to some general contractors who have built those multifamilies and get yeah. some, some sort of idea range. Right. And they may tell you, Hey, it's going to be, you know, $150 to $200 a square foot to build. How do you know what that is? Right. Until you get yeah. into the weeds of it, but at least they'll give you some idea. That's a good point. Right. And then you can do your analysis on the conservative and the aggressive side, knowing that you're probably going to land somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, plus, you know, you'll also want to talk to them about, okay, if it, the property's on sewer or septic, uh, you, you know, do you have to make improvements to that to go from two to eight units? Yeah. Who knows, right? Uh, a septic, I'm, I'm assuming there is, but sewer, it may just be another tap or the single tap. Yeah. Um, or, you know, th- so there's a lot of things that could go into that.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: But I, I would say the next step, if you're interested in it, if you're seriously interested in it, is start talking to, starting finding out who you need to talk to. Right. From That's a the general contractor standpoint and not somebody who builds single family homes, but somebody who who's
0: multi-family housing. Builds yeah.
1: these small multi Yeah.
0: That's a really good point. Okay. So you got time for one more topic? Yeah, real quick. Yeah. yeah. So going back to, um, I was really interested in your offer you put on that that unit you are talking about earlier that you did for 290 or whatever. Right. So I have this list, right? Of like four or five potential properties and um, kind of something I've been thinking about is just throwing, not necessarily lowball offers, but offers that make sense, right? Everything's overinflated, I feel like, Um, you know, throw offers where the numbers make sense on every single property that fits my criteria. And then, you know, if I get one offer accepted, go with that. What do you think about that? Or what do you think about making lower offers? I mean,
1: I don't, I don't necessarily offer based on what's uh, the list price. Right. I make an offer. So basically what I'll do and I'll use the bigger pockets calculator, right. And come in there to come up with my top number. That's not the number that I'll lead in with. Right. So here's, so I'll put in all the numbers in the calculator and it pushes out. Okay. You know, and I'll massage it a little bit to get that 15% uh, cash on cash return and making sure it cash flows a hundred bucks a door. So I'll do that. And then that's my top number. Right, that's my what I'd call what what I call my target number. Price. That's my target price.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My initial offer is going to be lower than that to give me some negotiation. I don't, I don't care know. what they have it listed for. I really don't. I, you know, oh. I've had guys tell me to, and you know, for sale by owner. That's told me to me and my calculator can go f myself. Yeah, I said, look, man, I'm not trying to. Here's here's how I analyze a property. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm I'm showing you, right? And this this property was up for sale two years ago, and I showed this guy this calculator, and I and it would uh, my offer was half of what he had it listed for. Mm-hmm. So he got offended, right? Here we are two years later. It's still on the market for that same price. Yeah, he was not interested. He was not a motivated seller, so that's fine. You know that's. Doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for him. On to the next one. So I, yeah, make offers based on your numbers, not what, and who cares what the list price was
0: or is. Yeah. I like that. Do you always justify your offer? No. You just shoot an offer and it's It's, just.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm working with a realtor, I don't, but if it's a for sale by owner in 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 a property that I really like, and I'm trying to convince him maybe to do some owner financing or, um, you know, trying to create report, some rapport with him. I will. Okay. But I know most of the time it's here's the number that works for me. Take it or leave yeah. it.
0: You know, I, I really like that.
1: But yeah and, yeah. and I've got a buddy who, um, he, so I'll wrap up with this, but I got a buddy who moved to Pensacola two years ago, three years ago. Um, he came down one weekend, looked at a bunch of properties. He made eight offers at mm-hmm. once and one of them stuck and he, and now he owns a four, four, that fourplex. Uh, so, you know, the worst case scenario, maybe it's the best case scenario is all those four or five offers you're talking about. All of them come back and say, yeah, I'll take your offer. And you're like, Oh shit. Now what I do? Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta go find some money, right. To close on these deals. So, um, that's it, a good situation, but no, man, make offers based on what works for you. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good way to find a good realtor too. Right. Cause I, I yeah. can't, have, you know, when you go to your realtor and you're like, all right, I want to make offers on everything. It'll be interesting to see how, how that yeah. goes. <laughs> so the guy
1: I was referring to earlier, he calls me Mr. Lowball. Okay. Yeah. And it's fine. But he, he never questioned, he goes, send me an offer. He goes, I'm not scared to present it. I don't cool. care. You know, and, and that's, I think why we work so well together (laughs) because he knows what I'm trying to accomplish. He knows that I'm not just saying there's, he understands there's not, it's not just me shooting from the hip, right? There's actual calculations. There's some, some math that goes into why I'm offering what I'm offering. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll we'll find the next opportunity. Right. So yeah, definitely. All right. So by the next time we chat and that again, it's up to you to, to book that going to talk to some um, here's what I'm gonna challenge you with right is to talk to some general contractors on the multi-family build get you some rough numbers for that uh, and also uh, to make four offers based on your criteria sound good Write
0: this Down real quick yeah I, yeah yeah I think, I think that's doable I mean that's uh, assuming I can get my my rental under contract here.
1: You can always make a
0: contingent upon that, right? Oh yeah. On the offers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I'll say, so I did this too. So I started a while back looking for properties to 1031 exchange into Mm -hmm. and you're doing it the right way. You're looking for properties now. So when your single family sells, then you, you have an instant end, right? You don't want to wait until that single family sells and then start looking because yeah. that 45 days will be up before you know it. And then you're going to be in a similar situation like I am, even though I've been, I would say I've been trying, but it, it could be, I'm, I'm just going through the motions and not because I, I kind of want to be a hard money guy for a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's so, cool. All right. All right, Ryan. Great conversation, man. I love the questions. Um, hopefully I didn't talk too much. Talk your ear off. Cause I, I tend to, I don't know. That's kind of what we're
0: here about though, right? Oh yeah. No, I'm trying to steal all the information I can. So good. 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 No, that's cool. All right. Well, look, man, you have a great
1: fourth week and I will talk to you again soon. Okay.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. We'll see you, Jay.